It is a joy to be with you guys each and every time I get to be here. I don't know how many times I've been here on a Sunday, but several different times. And I really do love this church. I love your pastors, Pastors Brian and Cynthia. They are truly good friends of ours. And um, I'm just excited to be here with you. Um, I want to share a message to you. If you have your Bibles, we're not going to have it on the screen. I can read it to you. But if you'd like to follow along in your phone or in your Bibles, we're going to turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to start in verse number 10. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 10 in the New Living. If you have another translation like the King James, I'm sure we can all get along together. My wife greets you. Uh, She's at home with the baby. And I never knew how much sleep you lose when you have a child. I didn't know. People would tell us, people would tell us, you know, oh, man, you're never going to get any sleep. And uh, one time I told somebody, actually a young couple that was here at the church, and when Joanna was pregnant, and I was saying, man, I'm tired. And he had like two kids, and he's like, man, brother, you don't know what tired is. And I don't know what was my problem, but I heard what everybody was saying, but I just had this prideful thought probably. Uh, That's not going to be me. For everybody else in the world is tired, but it's not going to be me. I don't know what I was thinking. It's me now. So, um, so anyways, but we're having a good time with our baby. So read, follow along with me. Proverbs chapter 4, starting in verse number 10. It says this, My child, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long, good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions, don't let them go, guard them, for they are the key to life. For they are the key to life. I want to preach a message to you today that I'm calling the key to life. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each person in this place today. Lord, I just lift up each couple, each person, each family that today, God, they will receive something from you to give them instruction, to give them um, hope, to give correction, to give new vision. Whatever it is, God, that they need, we just lean on the Holy Ghost today. And we believe that you're going to speak to their hearts in a great way. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? And everybody said? I'm real thankful that my parents uh, live close to where I live. Because as I said, I, had a little, I have a little baby girl and we need help. Um, and so a lot of times we go over to my parents' house and they gave, they, I still have a key to my parents' house. Or I think I had a key. And so one day I, I went over there to pick up some stuff. My parents weren't home, so I was just going to walk in the house and, and get there. So um, I went to the house and I pulled out my keychain. It has about 14 keys on it. 14 keys. And I'm trying like all these keys and I couldn't find the correct key to open the door. But I had 14 keys. But because I didn't have the right key, how many of you know I didn't get in that day? My dad had to make me a key. I thought I had a key, but I didn't have the key to the house, so I couldn't get in. And and, and in our life, there's a lot of different voices. There are a lot of different things out there speaking to us. Uh, There's good radio host. There's uh, Dr. Phil. He's always faithful for a good word. Uh, there's Oprah, there's your uh, horoscope, 
there's all kinds of things. There's good friends, there's pastors. There's all these things that are speaking to us. As soon as I get into my car, the first thing I do is put on my radio. And one of the first things I put on in my house is the TV when I get home. I know I'm up here preaching, you probably think I'm not spiritual, but this is what I do. I like to listen to the radio and the TV. But what I need is the right key in my life to open up the doors for me. You might have a lot of people speaking to you, even ourselves, we speak to us. We counsel ourselves sometimes. But what we need is the right key, the right voice to open up the doors for our life. We might be in a situation where we're wondering, man, I don't know what to do. What we need is the key to life. What we need is God's voice to open up the things in our life. Amen? So I want to talk to you today about the key to life, about what God would have for you. And I want to give you three little things that I believe open up his word, open up his voice in our life that we might get the answers that we need. Because I don't even want my own answers. I want God's answers for my life. And so if you're taking notes or taking these things mentally in your heart, three ways that you can grow in the knowledge of God's voice for your life. Number one is to grow in the word of God. To grow in the word of God. There's this uh, famous passage of scripture found in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And, and that's a whole other sermon in itself. Sometimes we get in the wilderness and we say, why am I here? Well, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And he fasted for 40 days and the devil tempted him. Uh, three different times. The first temptation is Matthew chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Satan comes to Jesus. And he says, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now in this little passage, we can see that Satan will attack us in our weaknesses. Jesus fasted for 40 days, and the Bible says, and he was hungry. <laughs> I just want to write there on my notes, D-U-H, duh. Of course he was hungry. I mean, if I don't eat for five hours, I get hungry. In fact, I eat breakfast, and I'm hungry now. But Jesus fasted for 40 days, and he was hungry. And the first thing that Satan came to him, he says, hey, if you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. What was he doing? He was attacking his weakness. And that is what Satan does in our life. It, it, we've seen this so many times. If, if you or somebody that you know, if they didn't have a good relationship with their father and there's a, there's a brokenness there, we, we see that he will come and he will attack that relationship or in that area. Many people are longing for a father figure. Many young girls are longing for a father because they never had a father. What, what is that? That's him attacking our weaknesses. And so we need to take charge today and take notice today that what Jesus did. Yes, he was hungry, but what did he do? He relied on the word of God. He said, it is written. He was quoting scripture. And that's what we need to do. This song that we said, that in this little example that I'm saying, that sometimes people don't have a relationship with their father and Satan will come and attack that. But what we need to take 
not, the fact is I might not have a relationship with my father, but what is the truth? We just sung it, that God is a good, good father. We need to rely on the truth of God and the truth of his word. But that takes time reading our, our word, reading the Bible. We've got to know what the word says. I, I get to be around all different kinds of, of people. And, and a lot of times people will they'll say, you know, the Bible says this. And I know the Bible, and I'm thinking, the Bible doesn't say that. <laughs> you ever met those people? It's like a good proverb, and they, uh, you know, a worldly proverb. And like, you know, the Bible says this, and, but no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you got to know what the Bible says. You must know what the Word of God says, because it is written, Jesus said, and he relied on it. And so Satan will come and attack our weakness. The second temptation that happened on, the, on that place is uh, from verses 5 through 7. Satan says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. And now notice, then Satan knows the word. He said, for it is written, Satan said, he shall give his charge over you, and you won't even hurt your foot. But Jesus says, Satan, it is also written. They're like, got two swords out here with the word of God, and and both of them are are right. Satan brings out the, the word of God, but Jesus says, no, it is also written. He says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And through this, we can see that Satan will use the word to bring confusion. Satan will use the word of God to bring confusion. Let me give you two examples. I don't want to get too political, but um, if you have a problem with what I'm going to say, Pastor Brian will be back next week and talk to him about it, okay? Um, I personally believe that smoking marijuana is wrong. That's what I personally believe. Amen. We get one hand clap support. Now, I, I don't want, I mean, they're saying medically and it can help people with seizures. I, I'll stay out of that argument because that, I don't want to say that might be okay, but that's a different argument. What I'm talking about is recreational use of marijuana. Now, some people will say, well, you know what the Bible says in Genesis? That God made all the herbs of the field for, our, for us. I heard people say this argument. God made, the Bible says in Genesis, God made the herbs of the field, so it's okay to smoke weed. But it also says, you shall be sober. That's what the Bible says. It also says, you shall be sober. And so, do you see what I'm saying here, how the Satan will want to use, and, and really, he's trying to bring a whole nation down. Our nation is opening up its doors to drug use. At this moment right now, And some people are quoting scripture to say it's okay. So we need to know what the word of God says. Another example from this, uh, Satan using um, scripture to confuse us is when it comes to husbands. A A husband might say, you know, honey, the Bible says that you must submit to me. Isn't that in the Bible? So you must submit to me, honey. Now, Now the lady's about to throw some rocks up in here. Well, ladies, you need to know your scripture because you need to say, honey, it's also written that you are to die for me like Christ died for the church. (laughs) So what am I saying? I'm saying we have to have a whole counsel and understanding of the word of God. Because there's all of these voices speaking to us. There used to be this lady on the radio. Her name was Delilah. Delilah, I don't know if you, 
and she gave great wisdom and everything. And she, you know, she's got a, an angle on things and your mom's got an angle on things and your husband has an angle on things and even your kids, they give you an angle on, you know, they'll give you their angle on things. But what we need is the key to life, which is God's angle on things in our lives. And the word of God is the first way that I'm saying that you can grow in how God thinks. The third temptation, Satan comes to him and he says, all these things, the whole world, Jesus, I will give to you if you worship me. And Jesus said, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and only him you shall serve. Now in this little moment here, we see that Satan was offering him an easy way out. He was giving him power and possession without way of the cross. He was saying, look, Jesus, we all both know since Genesis that you're supposed to die. All the prophets in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before this moment, said you're supposed to be crucified. But I'm going to offer you a way out. You do not have to put the crown of thorns on your heads. You don't have to hang up on a cross naked. You don't have to be whipped. If you just bow down right now and worship me, we can uh, uh, get rid of all that, that road. You won't have to walk that road. Just bow down and worship me. This is what Satan was offering him. But Jesus knew that he had to follow God and do what was right. So he relied on the word. And he says, it's written that you shall worship the Lord God and only him you shall serve. There might be a time in your life where finances are tight. And you know that the word of God says to bring the tithe to the storehouse. And, and you might get this little voice in your ear. Well, just give $20 to the soup kitchen down the road and call it tithe and you'll be all right for this week. You'll be able to make your bills. This is what Satan will say, things like this. But church, if we want true victory... We must rely on the truth of what God says in our life and not allow Satan to come in and try to compromise any area of our life. Are you relying fully on the truth of what God says in your life? And so the word of God, it brings balance. There is safety in the word of God. When you just operate out of the word and you rely on the word of God, there is safety, there is protection. It's like your kids. If you tell them, um, no, you're not going to do this. Well, you know, they get all upset. They get mad and everything like this. They don't understand. But if they rely on your word, how many of you know they are going to be safe? I'm sure you believe that as a parent. If they rely on me and my word, they're going to be okay. It's only when they rebel or they think that they know better that they get hurt and they get harmed. But we know that God is a more perfect father than we are. So if that's true in a natural sense, it's even more true as in our relationship with the Holy God. So we got to rely on God's word. My little girl, she uh, got into this thing. She wants to shake the TV. And uh, that's my TV. And, you know, it's football season, so you get off my TV. You know, don't touch it. But more importantly, it's a kind of a low TV. She could pull the whole TV on her, you know, on her body. So, you know, it was like five months. We're trying to tell her no, you know. And we were given a grace because she was 10 months old. She didn't know what no meant, I think. I don't know. But we were telling her, no, you can't touch it. Now she's finally getting to the understanding when we say no, 
you know, that's bad for me if I rebel. That's what she's thinking. But she has to obey us because if she doesn't, bad things will happen to her. Same thing in our relationship with God. Don't allow Satan to come in and bring compromise to your life. Rely on the truth of God's word. And so this is the key to life. Number one, to grow in the word of God, the knowledge of God, the understanding of his word. Number two, second area that we can grow in knowing what God would have for us is growing in prayer and fasting. Growing in prayer and fasting. There's this little quote I want to read to you. It's a little bit long, but it's not too bad. It says, The men who have fully illustrated Christ in their character and have most powerfully affected the world for him have been men who have spent so much time with God as to make it a noble feature of their lives. Charles Simeon devoted hours four till eight in the morning to God. John Wesley spent two hours daily in prayer. He began at four in the morning. Someone once said of him, he thought prayer was to be more his business than anything else. John Fletcher stained the walls of his room with the breath of his prayers. Sometimes he would pray all night with great earnestness. Martin Luther, the great reformer, said, If I fail to spend two hours in prayer each morning, the devil gets the victory throughout the day. I have so much business to do, I cannot get on without spending three hours daily in prayer. And Jesus, before he picked his 12 apostles to walk with him, a group of fishermen and tax collectors, of these men God would have him use to change the world, He spent all night in prayer. Prayer is an incredible connection with God. It's funny, sometimes in our lives, if we have a situation or a problem, we might talk to our friend on the phone. Some ladies talk on their their friend for about two hours. We'll talk to our friend. And I believe in good counsel. I love having people in my lives who help guide me. I, I really believe in that. But sometimes you understand what I'm saying. We might talk to our friend for two hours, but ask God for about about two minutes. And God's got the answer. So I'm encouraging you today to grow in prayer and in fasting. Now, this church, I'm sure you know it, and maybe not, I'll just remind you. This church is a fasting church. I mean, I think y'all spend like six days a week at the beginning of the year for three weeks in fasting and prayer services here. Is, Is that right? Something like that. I just want to say that is a spiritual church, okay? I mean, that is pretty spiritual. Six days a week, the first three weeks of the year, you come. And, and I came one of those days um, this past January, and Pastor Brian was, is ministering. And he said something that affected my life for this whole year. He said, the reason why we need to fast is because, basically, he said, we need to train ourselves to deny ourselves, Because we cannot just go through life getting everything we want. First of all, it's not feasible. And second of all, it's not healthy if we got everything we wanted. So we need to engage in fasting because it disciplines our body and recognizes that we can't have that. Well, when he said that, that was a word from God for me. That was a rhema word from God. And so something that I did out of that moment was for the first 10 months of this year, I've committed for the first 21 days of each month to fast something. 
whether it's food or um, separate meals throughout the day or uh, TV for 21 days or social media or secular music, whatever it is, I chose to do that out of that, out of that service. And that's what Pastor Mark was saying about coming to prayer and coming to a service. There's something that happens. There's something that you can receive for your life that will affect you for months, years, and even possibly decades to come. And so for me, that was something that I, that I thought of. And, you know, I preached part of this message to the youth group not too long ago. And I, I t- the youth group here. And I said, guys, how many of you have ever fasted food before? And like 80% of the youth ministry here at this church, the youth ministry, like 13-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 80% of our youth ministry here fat, has fasted food. I mean, that is a tremendous thing. Can we give it up for our youth, for the youth of this church? I mean, I think that's awesome. So you are in a good place here. This is a prayerful church. This is a fasting church. And I want to encourage you. I'm sure you are a part of that. But I'm just encouraging you, if you're not a part of that, to consider fasting. Consider Jesus. The Bible says he was led to the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days. Now, let me just give some wisdom, too, on fasting. You have to work up to fasting. Like, I met this guy the other day, and he told me he was fasting, uh, I think it was 21 days. He was going to fast for 21 days, and he works construction. And he never really fasted before. I rebuked him in the spirit. <laughs> that, I, I don't think that's healthy. I mean, you have to have some food working construction, especially if you don't fast. And so you have to develop your fasting life. For some of you, fasting one meal would be an incredible breakthrough. And while you're fasting that meal, you might think the devil is attacking you. But you just got to start where you're at. But Jesus got to the point where he fasted for 40 days. How many of you know he had developed his fasting life? And if he got to that point, he must have believed in it. And if Jesus, the Son of God, who reigned in heaven and came on earth, believes and developed his fasting life that much, how much more is that important for us to develop our fasting life? We have to develop our fasting life because when we do, it gives our eyes such a focus on the Father. When you fast and when you pray, it brings so much clarity into your life. Now, maybe when you're fasting, you might not feel clarity. I remember at, at Trinity Central, a number of years ago, we said we were going to fast for 10 days. And I hadn't really fasted that much at this time. And so we, I just kind of just went with everybody else. And I fasted for 10 days. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I did not think about Jesus one time. I thought about food. And I thought about the headache that I had. I mean, it was tough. Fasting for 10 days, no food. I mean, I, I, my arm just started when I was sleeping. Sometimes it would just go like this. Like, I give me some food, you know. And it was really tough. I did not feel a spiritual breakthrough while I was fasting. But when, when, it, when it was over, that year, our church broke out in a six-week revival. Some of you might remember Dale Gentry came and Tony Miller. For six weeks, we had services. Brock was in the media booth every single day. He just hated it every second, every night. It was tough, but, but it was powerful. 
And there are words that Dale Gentry spoke in that service that I have on my wall that I am living out even now as I'm speaking to you. This was in 2008. So fasting is powerful. And I believe that as we do it, we grow in the voice of God for our life. So I encourage you to engage with prayer and fasting. Uh, Last illustration, you know, some people say I have an accent. I don't think I have an accent, but people, all the time I meet people, are you from West Virginia? Are you from Texas? I'm like, man, I'm from South Florida. Um, But people all the time tell me I have a country accent. And I tell them, well, I don't know. I lived here my whole life. But when I was in sixth grade, I watched Forrest Gump so much. And I think that his accent got off on me because I spent so much time watching Forrest Gump. And, and, and isn't that true? Whatever you're around, you become like. And that's why we need to engage in fasting and prayer because we will become like God. We will learn the rhythms of the Holy Spirit in a way that you really can't get it any other way than fasting and in prayer. So I encourage you to come to morning prayer with the church. Come to noon prayer and engage in fasting. I believe it will help you. Now, the third way that we can grow in the knowledge of God's voice for our life, which is, I'm saying, the key to life, is to grow with teachers. To grow with teachers. There's this scripture from the Old Testament, and it involved this lady, Hannah. She couldn't have a baby. And she really, really wanted to have a baby, but she just couldn't have it. And she said, God, if you give me a child, I will dedicate them back to the Lord. And so God gave her a son. She was pregnant with a boy named Samuel. Samuel was a great, great prophet. He counseled King David. Uh, he did a lot of things for the nation of Israel, an incredible prophet. And, well, when she, she, Hannah honored her promise. She gave the boy back to the Lord. So basically what she did is she brought him to the temple to be discipled by a priest. And so he would go to the temple. He basically lived there at the temple. And he served this priest named Eli. Eli was a, a good-hearted man but didn't have any borders, didn't have any discipline, didn't have any order in his life. And his sons were really wicked. In fact, God killed his sons because of his wickedness and their wickedness as well. But one day when the boy was a young boy, say around 12 years old or so, he was woken up by this, by this voice that was waking him up, calling Samuel, Samuel. Samuel naively got up and, and went to Eli. He said, Eli, are you calling me? And he was like, man, I'm trying to sleep. I'm not calling you. Go back to bed. So Samuel went back to bed. And the voice came again, Samuel, Samuel. So Eli got up and obediently went to the priest and said, are you calling me? He goes, no, I'm not calling you. Go back to bed. Again, the voice came, Samuel, Samuel. So he got up and, 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 and Eli thought, well, this might be the Lord. He said, look, I'm not calling you, but it might be the Lord. If it happens again, say, Lord, here I am, send me. So he went back to the bed and, and when that happened, the voice came and said, Samuel, Samuel. So he woke up, he said, here I am, Lord, send me. What do you want? I'm I'm your servant. I'm available. And God, from that moment, began to build Samuel. But if he didn't have Eli to instruct him, he wouldn't know what to do. 
This is why we need teachers. This is why you guys are here, to have a pastor to speak and teach the Word of God, and you're open to it even now. This is why one of the reasons why we encourage connect groups here at the church or small groups at the church. There's a small group leader, and you guys are growing together, and you're learning. Hey, it's not a bad thing to ask for advice. I think that we understand that we don't have it all together. We don't know it all. So we need a pastor, a leader, a mentor, somebody who can help lead us and guide us and direct us in the ways of the Lord. Not to control us, but to help guide us. And so I believe that, church, as you engage in these three disciplines, number one, the Word of God, understanding the Word of God, understanding the full counsel of God's Word and coming to a greater understanding. As we engage in fasting and prayer and fellowship with the Holy Spirit, And as we engage in asking questions from those who can help us, all these things are going to help the voice of God to grow in your life because that's what we want. We want to understand what the Holy Spirit would have for us in situations, big situations and in small situations. We need his voice because these words are the key to life. Let me share one last scripture with you. It's found in John 14, 6. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Now this life that he's talking about is spiritual blessedness. Spiritual blessedness. Jesus Christ is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And when we come to him, first of all, to get saved... And second of all, as we allow him to grow in our life, the Bible says that we will have life, which is spiritual blessedness. I don't know about you, but I want to live a life that is blessed under God. I want to have spiritual blessedness. I want to have a good rhythm in my life. I want the Holy Spirit to cover me, and I want to have good emotional healing in my life. I don't want to go through life filled with conflict and filled with dryness and barrenness and walking in the dark, but I want to know what God has for me, and I want to live in God. And so the Bible says when we come to him, we receive this life, which is the Christ life. And so I believe that the Holy Spirit, even now, is working that in your heart as you submit all areas of your life to the Lord because he is a good father and he guides and he protects and he leads and he takes us under when we allow him to do it in every single area of our life. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to pray for you.